good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another the home episode of the podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. There you go. Figure I'll introduce myself for a change and meet Ted Smith. All right, in the bottom square, rapid Boston College tonight. You guys want him a Cobb? Cobb, what's going on? Go Eagles, baby. You know, um, speaking of creatures, this week we've begun a new year, Chinese New Year, the year of the tiger. So that's that energy I'm coming into with. Let's go. All right, up there in the top square, looking classy AF tonight in his polo, <coughs> Matt Connor, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Thank you for getting that right, Ted. I appreciate your awareness. Look, you know, I don't know if Matt's going to leave it in. We like... Cobb's like, oh, you're wearing a black uh, V-neck. He's like, it's a polo. And I'm like, in our defense, it's hard to tell from, from Zoom angles. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, it's all black. The collar is black, too. It, it does look quite a bit like a V-neck. But yeah. Well, and honestly, I've never heard someone be so offended mistaking a, a polo for a tee. Well, it's a whole thing. I feel I'm... like there's something tied up in that. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm down in Palm Springs, you know, I'm training golfers and, you know, I'm walking the walk, looking the part. And so I've been rocking the polo game pretty strong down here. And, you know, I guess it was, you know, just my own, uh, you know, growth and just, you know, being brought back to a place where I didn't wear polos as much, you know, and I was just wearing T-shirts and cutoffs and sweatpants all year round. <laughs> uh you know, now I'm down here, I tuck my polo into my golf pants. Uh, my belt buckle helps people understand uh, how to keep their pelvis level. And it's a great thing. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, trying to live up the polo life down here in the land of plenty of polos. I'll tell you what, Matt, the algorithm has figured out what you do for a living. Because my Instagram now, like every like fourth one is some dude that's like, Want to be in better golf shape? Like, you're, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't even golf. <laughs> All right. You could tag me in some of those. It'd be great. I'm always looking for new accounts on the golf fitness front to link up with. But uh, yeah, that's. All right. That's I, didn't know, I, I get that all the time. Yeah, I almost did. And I was like, does Matt like this guy or does Matt hate this guy? He's taking his thing. Yeah, no, no. I have no social media presence about golf fitness. I have I have clientele for it, but I, I'm not worried about the social media angle at the moment. Um, but I, yeah, I linked up with a guy in Australia, just sent him a message. And I didn't realize he was from Australia, but I called him mate. In the, I was like, what's up, mate? Appreciate your content. It's really helpful. Thank you. <laughs> and then later I realized he's from Australia. I was like, oh man, I wasn't trying to be like, you know, <laughs> over the top with that one. No, man. Mate is good. I lived in Australia. You're fine with mate. That's like dude or whatever else. I was just say, have you guys, Ted, do you remember the movie Dodgeball? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So obviously Matt, we knew Matt when he was wearing sweat shorts and cut off t-shirts every day, sort of the everyman's trainer, right? <laughs> well, now, Obviously, he's working at a very, very exclusive golf resort as one of their trainers. 
He's got the black polo. There's people who can't see who are listening, but he's got like blue light on his face, headphones in, and he literally looks like he's about to go, at Globo Gym, we're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> yeah, and like, and he's like sitting in like a nice, big, like comfy chair. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like he's about exactly to- an armchair. Yeah, exactly. He's be like, seriously, can I interest you guys in a polo NFT? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Like I just suddenly feel physically inadequate. You know, <laughs> I'm like, God, I got to bump up my body. Jesus. That's, <laughs> that's the only like rip dude you know that wears black to be slimming. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Oh, oh man. Man. <laughs> that's pretty good. You do look false. I mean, you look you look like the false right now. That's really funny. I should yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a knock. I like the idea of getting into the NFT game with my polos. I feel like now I can crack into that world. I look the part. <laughs> <laughs> well, totally. Billy, too, when you said Nate, like you didn't mean to do it, but like I do it all the time. Like I do it, like if I, I mean, even just with Rowan, right? Like if I start hanging out with him, I'll start like throwing out terms I don't generally use, like mate or whatever. Or like, I don't, you know, it's hard. Like, or the C word? Uh, I don't you lean on popular one. Actually, that's a lie. We were saying that the other night when we were all having a drink, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I do it all the time. Like when I go back east, like I'll I'll slip into the way I used to talk or whatever. So I think it's just like when I was in England, like after the second day, like you just you pick up on the lexicon, and you start using it. Dude, I dropped an A Dude. on a Canadian the other day. <laughs> nice. I didn't even mean to. Ted, it just speaking came of out. the hang on. sorry, that uh, was it. Ted, speaking of the lexicon, can I tell you about the greatest burn I've ever had? Like the most effective. All right. Okay. So I'm, when I was living in Australia, they, they, uh, they have a certain way with words. And obviously I was like kind of, you know, adopting, so been on it for six months. We were at this warehouse party all night and I came out in the morning and it's like, you know, 7am I'm walking home. I'm with AC, our buddy. And I go down an alley and I have to take a leak. So I'm going, I'm taking a leak and it's like sort of a, you know, it's like a Wallingford, like kind of a nicer neighborhood, but not, not crazy nice. I'm taking a leak and this woman goes running by. She's probably like a 48 year old Karen. And, uh, she like, she's running with her dog stops, looks at me like all dramatic, like, Oh, and I just turned and like, without breaking, like didn't even stop pissing. I was like, Oh, come off it. You old bag. Yeah. <laughs> and it just crushed her dude it, cr- it could not have hit harder like her whole face drained of life and she just you could tell she was out there like trying to look young feeling it and i don't know what possessed me to say it i just had no filter and dude it ruined that woman i don't know where she is or if she's still around but god it was honestly the the most timely like best burn i've ever had in my life <laughs> so anyway and i don't know who calls people old bags but in Australia, I feel like it's just a header. Oh, yeah. You've told me that story before. I love that term. I'm always waiting to drop it on somebody. Dude, it's devastating. Devastating. <laughs> That's you, the atom bomb for older women. I will say the best, like, uh, not intentional burn I had was at the uh, Florida-Georgia game. And, I mean, we've, we've been tailgating all day. So I'm feeling no pain. We're hanging out with our new friends, Malt Liquor Mike and the other guy. <laughs> And like this couple walks by and they're wearing Rutgers like sweatshirts. 
And I mean, I barely remember this. Somebody told me the story and they go, you just stop them, point at them and go, are you guys really Rutgers fans, like football fans? And they're like, oh, yeah. And they're like all excited. And they're like, you just laughed at them. (laughs) 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 Rutgers football fans, huh? (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Man, you know what? I was going to start with some Olympic stuff. But let's get into this. Have you heard about the newest rivalry out there right now? Newest rivalry. God, rock that could mean anything. Think rock music. Cobb, you won't know. I, I never know what you're looking at. I, I Probably it's not on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. The newest, no. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam is giving an interview to like Esquire or somebody. And he's talking about uh, like hair metal. And he's like, yeah, like girls, 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 Motley Crue. Like, I hated all that shit. Right. And then and I get his point. He was trying to say, like, I like the idea women could come to our shows and like, you know, like wear boots and jeans. They weren't just they weren't just like uh, uh, objects of affection as they were in like hair metal. Right. So that was his point. But still, it kind of sounded like he was shitting on hair metal so then nikki six of motley crew comes out and was like well he's part of the most popular boring bands of all time so i'll take that as a compliment <laughs> wow Shot and fired. vetter comes back over the top like a night ago or two nights ago and was ripping on how uh motley crew always has to have like a drum kit that's like flying in the air and this and that and he's like look just play the drums so like like, I get both sides, but also I feel like, I, I don't I, I mean, they're two different genres. The grunge music did in, like, the hair metal. And I'm not a huge hair metal guy, but I'm like, I, I like Motley Crue. I also really love Pearl Jam. Like, can I like both? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Pearl Jam slash um, Nirvana kind of ended the era. You know, like, grunge definitely ended the hair metal era. And after reading Nikki Six's book, I mean, they definitely partied harder and seem insane by comparison. So I feel like, you know, I feel like Nikki Six is going to win this one if they go to the mat, if they keep exchanging blows. What do you think, Matt? You know way more about Rock than me. Yeah, I mean, like Ted said, it's really two totally different genres, especially with the way Pearl Jam's evolved. Um, And, you know... I like Motley Crue and I like loud, more upbeat stuff. Therefore, like I, I get the whole like Pearl Jam's become a, a bit boring over the years angle. Uh, and that's a ballsy claim. They're still like the biggest band in the world. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to go to a war of the words with Nikki Six. I feel like that's, that's his domain. Um, and like, yeah, it'll be interesting, but it, it really does seem like apples and oranges to me. It's hilarious. And uh, yeah, I love both bands, but I, I just have a lot of respect for, you know, the way they've both aged, honestly, but they've done it in two entirely different ways. Like Motley Crue managed to stay Motley Crue, even though they're like mostly sober now, like, or, you know, it's like, they're still just those wild ass dudes and like, you know, but they're still around and like 
Saints of Los Angeles wasn't that long ago. That was like one of my favorite songs by them. And like, uh, what was the other one that they put out? Um, Sick Love Song in like the early 2000s. Like Motley Cruz had some bangers this millennium. And like, at least to me, um, but I don't know that those were like hits, but Pearl Jam, uh, as you know, also just age gotten more and more popular. They've gone through plenty of different phases and done them all well, even if they're not all my styles. It's like, I mean, this is good, right? Like, I get why they're selling out stadiums everywhere they go. Um, so they both aged pretty well, I would say, just very differently. And yeah, this this feud has got Motley Crue written all over it. <laughs> yeah, like, I get Vetter's point. I guess it just would be different to me if you picked on, like, if you called out, like, I don't know, like, Rat or, like, Poison. But I'm like... Molly Crew to me kind of was like at the beginning of it and like survived it. Like that, I don't, that just seemed like the wrong band. Now I get his mm-hmm. point about like objectifying women and the grunge scene was different. Like women could matter. They didn't just have to be hot. I'm like, all right. Like I get his point, but I'm like, I don't know, man. Like Molly Crew to me is not like the quintessential, like bad part of hair metal. They were just yeah. wild. And also like they were on the sunset strip. They were the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to Nirvana and Pearl Jam, uh, uh, God, who am I forgetting? Uh, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, yeah. Soundgarden, like, like they're up here where it's pissing, where it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's nasty. It's not very weather awesome for what eight months out of the year, nine months sometimes. And Seattle yeah. back then was a, not a fun town. I mean, you guys have a lot of dogs and like co-working spaces and like new office designs but like seattle back in the day like there was a little bit of pride about the the grittiness of it definitely yeah it was a gritty city um have either of you guys tangentially related seen pam and tommy i have not wow it's a docu series i guess docudrama about the sex tape getting stolen and i didn't realize that it was a contractor who wasn't paid and he went in and took um, took uh, Tommy's safe and the sex tape was in there. Pretty crazy ride so far. Yeah, like I knew it was stolen. I didn't know the story behind it. I mean, but yeah, it is crazy that like that tape became so popular. But Dude. also Pamela Anderson, I mean, come on. Like I saw a picture of her the other day, like still in, still in 100%. Oh yeah. And that, that guy, uh, he was like a contractor. I think he made 70 something million off of it. Like pretty wild massive and like that was that was the i mean that was the first sex tape right i feel like that started a genre you know oh for sure because then people kind of started putting out sex tapes which then it got yeah good for the record i just have to say this i i i saw the ray j and kim kardashian one and it is awful unless you want to see ray j's penis do not watch that like it's just like all the video angles i'm just like ray j you're killing me dude like we wanted to see this Kim Kardashian hot chick and it's just, it's a lot of penis. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, did you sit through the whole thing? Uh, yeah, I skipped around the scenes. There, it used to be Matt. I don't know if you remember this, like, like, like the companies used to just send porno videos to the station. Oh, so like, really? oh yeah. So that's oh, why I had like, I had that one. I had uh who's nailing Palin. <laughs> Lisa Ann was 
like there was a whole there was a whole bunch of them right like and they used to come in and like would do like uh in you know in studio stuff and would like come in and do interviews so like yeah like somehow like the ray j and kim kardashian once showed up and i was like oh man like i can't wait to see this one ted the thing i love about that the most is that in the professional office environment where you go to work Word has circulated. People know you well enough that it comes in the mail, and they're like, "You know what?" Like some an intern goes to throw it out, and they're like, "No, no, no, no. put it on Ted's desk. He'll take care of it." <laughs> it's just like, like how notorious of a bachelor are you that you know you're like the the secretary, the boss, whoever is just like, "Yeah, just throw that VHS on Ted's. It'll disappear." Dude, I wish it was something that cool, but honestly, it was just Vivid would just send like three or four copies of everything. Yeah. So everybody takes one home? For, well, yeah, I'll leave other names out of it, but put it to you this way. I was the only person on our show that ever took them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Reputation. <laughs> right? So I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch this one. Of course I am. It's like, he went to the Bunny Ranch. He's in. <laughs> I felt like retroactive guilt on the Pam and Tommy one. Like, I read Tommy Lee's book later in life. And um, the way he talked about it. And like at the time I was young, I didn't know any backstory. I thought he was just like, yeah, I'm the drummer of Motley Crue. I'm hung like a horse. I'm banging Pam Anderson. And it was just like a massive flex on everybody on his part. (laughs) And I was like, this is awesome. This is rock and roll. And like, it was amazing. And then like later I read his book and he was like, (laughs) so broken up about it and felt so bad and like all this stuff. And like, he's saying it was a misunderstanding with the contractor. And he had, he was definitely like planning to pay him and like it got way too out of hand, way too quick and never would have guessed that that many people would have seen it even then. And it was like, this whole wild thing. And I was like, damn, man, like I had some good time. It was simpler in the nineties. I didn't need all this. (laughs) I had a buddy, his company did work for an NFL player. And he'd always be like, dude, that guy never pays me. Right. But the dude lived and then played in a different town. So finally one day he like runs into him and is like, Hey man, like, look, I, I, I can't do any more work at your place unless you pay us. And the guy's like, nobody's paid you. Like, oh, my God, my bad. So, like, Tommy Lee probably just, yeah. like, just didn't pay him, but not like he didn't have the money or was stiffing him. Right, right. Wow. It was, yeah, the whole thing just spiraled out of control. And, yeah, he, it, was, it was a weird thing to read about. I was like, man, I had some good times and, like, just a totally different perspective <laughs> on the situation back then. All right. Did you Crack see, down. Did you see what, <laughs> speaking of sex tapes, did you see what happened today to Nelly? Nelly? No. What happened? Nelly, Nelly uploaded a video of some girl going down on him to his Instagram by mistake. What? Right. Love it. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it, it even floated over to Twitter. That's why I just saw, I was like, it was damn, Nelly, and it was, it was trending. I was like, what's this about? And I was like, oh, damn, Nelly? Like, you, you, he's putting in work on you. Wow. You can find me in St. Louis way. <laughs> Dang, man. I haven't heard or thought of Nelly in a long time, but That's a man, great he had Nelly some reference. bangers back in the day. That album was great. Oh, oh yeah. He had, he had two solid albums back to back there, man. Yeah. Right. 
trying to think. Can't remember the first. Speaking of solid albums, do you think all the crazy stuff that's going on in Kanye's life right now, is it possible we get another great album out of Kanye? Uh, man, I don't know. To be honest with you, I haven't been the biggest fan of his last few things. I'm just like, eh. I'm with you. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Now, with that said, I mean, to his credit, like the numbers he makes from like his shoes and stuff is crazy. So like he's yeah. got so much going on. Like I don't even know. Like I don't. I didn't. It's not like I listened to his last album, so I can't really say too much. I just, I don't know. I'm I'm good with Mr. West. And trust me, like. Uh, college Dropout is one of my favorite albums of all yep. time. I mean, I love the dude. I saw I saw him at the 930 Club. He was amazing. Wow. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how could you be so heartless, you know? How could you be so Dr. Evil? And so I'm like, okay, maybe now, like, this crazy situation, we get back to, like, you know, make Kanye 2006 again or whatever that hat was that <laughs> Pete Davidson was wearing. Like, maybe we get one more great album out of the guy. I don't know. Just hopeful, you know? Yeah, You're I mean, the tiger. That's all I'm saying. It's always tough when you get later in your career to make the same good music. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why, honestly, that's why I have a lot of respect for artists who have done it over and over again. Like, you know, I don't personally love her music, but like Madonna reinventing herself so many times, uh, Michael Jackson having so many hits over his career, and even like Taylor Swift, you know, like it's got to be tough to like sustain. I feel like it's easier to get to the top than it is to stay there. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what's the old saying, right? You have your whole life to write your first album. And then you have like, exactly. like a year to make that second one. And you're busy off. that year. You're Dude. real busy. <laughs> yep. Kid Cudi, and you're man. being told you're amazing. So. Yeah. Man on the moon. Yeah, we just we need this now. Yeah, like, well, you, that's not how my music works. I think self-doubt's an, an integral part of the process. Yeah, pain, mull suffering. it over for a decade. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk Olympics next week, real quick. Before we take our first break, Super Bowl Sunday coming up this week. I am currently I'm going to a, a get together where there's there's multiple people making chicken wings. So let's take wings out of it, right? Wings are wings. Is there is there another like? Is there another staple you think that says Super Bowl? Wait, are you thinking about what you should bring, or is this a general question? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, I feel like every party's going to have some type of chicken wing, right? I'm just making dips. I'm staying out of the wing contest. I'm just there to eat and judge. Mainly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, like, dude, your dips are known far and wide at this point. There's a whole season dedicated to them. Like, you got to play your game. You know what I'm saying? You got to be you. Um, Wait, you're saying – uh. What classic foods for a Super Bowl party? Also, when I'm judging chicken wings, I'm judging people. So I'll be like, the wing is delicious, crispy. Your life's a mess, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can taste it. <laughs> this wing's a little bit dry, like that. P- <laughs> go get yourself a boyfriend, girl. Let's go. <laughs> the year of the tiger. Damn. We need something like a ranch for your personality because the ranch is really helping out the swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, exactly. Um, God, for staples, man, I hate to say it, but I actually feel like I feel like Lay's kind of owns the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like I see a lot of Lay's products and Pepsi and stuff, you know, but um, God, for good Super Bowl, you know, 
all right, people, you guys might laugh at me just like you laughed at the Costco hot dog. But wow. what I'll say about this, <laughs> Ted's just shaking his head in disgust. I lost so much street credit. <laughs> Here we go. Credit. Listen up, Will. I, I, lost, <laughs> I lost so much street credit with Ted's East Coast crew. I'm surprised his brother even texted me when he's come, for when he's coming to Austin. Um, you know, I, I had a reputation. Seven years. I've built it up. One comment destroyed. Um, no, what I was going to say is, um, okay, people always make fun of this appetizer when I bring it places. But it's always the first thing gone. I think publicly, people aren't allowed to say that they love it, okay? But she always goes first. And that's, Ted probably already knows what I'm going to say, but Little Smokies wrapped inside a, a croissant, pigs in a blanket. Oh, yeah. Classic. Like that's one of the top dogs. Dippable hot dogs, basically. I, I guess what I'm asking is, like, I feel like if you come over to watch football, right? Like, you guys have been over. Matt, you and... uh uh jeremy came over once right and i was just oh like let's watch a game i got a pot of chili on but mm -hmm. i feel like super bowl is more specific like you got to have wings you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't invite people over for super bowl and just make chili right um no yeah i mean it kind of depends on i mean that's the one thing that i find is interesting is like i feel like people can go any direction with it that they want you know, like a lot of people do potlucks and you kind of get some staples and, you know, the veggie trays and the pizza and the variety platters. But like people do it like, you know, with a theme where it's like I've been to, you know, tacos, Super Bowl parties. And, you know, so it's it can really, you know, depend on the, the crew. Um, but I always, you know, Cobb, you mentioned it with Lay's. I think Ruffles is a Frito-Lay brand, right? Yeah, yep. so, so yep. Cobb, you, I was ready to jump on Ruffles. You you covered it with the Lay's family. They're a part of it. But with the with the French onion dip, like, yeah, that's that's my go-to. Right. So those, those are my big three. For Whatever else you have is is awesome. But you got to have a chicken wing, pizza, and some Ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like pizza is the non-traditional one in that. Would you... Would you allow substitutes? Like, let's say, for instance, a bagel bite or a pizza roll, or it's got to be like, you know, a slice of pie. If, if they're homemade, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm fine with that. Homemade bagel or uh, pizza roll would be tough. But yeah, it Dude, also, thank you, Ted. Yeah. I think it also varies a lot by age, right? Like, at 41, like the people I hang out with, like there's some different stuff. They're like, you know what I mean? If you're a bunch of dudes and you're 21, 22, like, yeah, get some chips, get some beer, some soda, and fire up those pizza rolls. Get that big. Who is, who is skilled enough in the kitchen, but also like juvenile enough to be homemaking bagel bites? That's my question. <laughs> first of all where are you acquiring mini bagels <laughs> yeah, that's what i'm saying like you have to have the sources you gotta put the time in but then like after all that you're like yeah i kind of want to end up with like a, a safeway freezer product that's what i'm saying the super bowl is where you pull out those kinds of stops it's a holiday i respect that you're right yeah, yeah. i mean i feel like homemade bagel bites a lot easier than a homemade pizza roll Look, I didn't yeah. say I'd be making them. <laughs> Just saying I'd like to go to a Super Bowl party. 
with some homemade pizza rolls. <laughs> Someone else can figure it out. It's called delegating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I, I'll just ask you guys this on the cast. I'm, I'm staying away from making anything else besides dips. Does it take down my like level of dipness if I make a like like shitty version of a dip too? I don't think I understand the question. You're talking about making two of the same dip and one of the versions is good and one's shitty? No, like usually I make spinach dip, a sausage dip, which will be made. Like there'll be onion dip. But then I was thinking about going old school and just putting Velveeta and chili in a can of chili together. Just being like, this might not be bad, but that's kind of like a cheaper, easier dip. Does it lower my standing in the dip culture? No, no, I don't think it hurts your reputation at all. Matt, not at the Super think? Bowl. Super Bowl is a time of excess. I mean, who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's your last game of the season, Ted. It's your last hurrah, your final time to shine. I feel like you pull out all the trick plays, all the stops. There's nothing left in the playbook at that point. I think anything flies for Super Bowl weekend, personally. Nice. All right. Looks like I got some booking to do. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break right here, and we'll, uh, we'll be back with emails. What's Matt in the cop top? All right. Welcome back. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. But they're out there doing it. All right, Mr. Cobb, we got some emails. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, let's see. Um, <clears throat> I always try to kind of group them, but it's tough to tell. We're going to start with Harlem Globetrotters. All right. Uh, my, young, my youngest at her sister's basketball game this week for Jersey Night. Cobb and Matt, you've missed out. Find the nearest Globetrotter game ASAP. And it looks like uh, maybe she sent us a video, or is this a tweet? Um Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so she uh, she's wearing a home glo- uh, a Harlem Globetrotters jersey. It uh, looks like maybe on Alaska, and they have a ton of like cool awards in the background. That's rad. Oh. Dang. Okay, cool. That'd be from Dom, right? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how many on Alaska the podcast fans we have, but I was like, I know she's down there. I mean, yeah, she could be telling friends down there. <laughs> yeah. I still use the greatest podcast. Oh, sorry. To say I also still use my squatty potties. Thank you. (laughs) To the greatest podcast in all the land. All All the land. land. I used to I used to work at Safeco Field off and on from 2008 to 2015. I was there during the six pitcher no hitter. Uh, Felix Hernandez's perfect game, both in 2012, and uh, Iwakuma no hitter 2015. I should also mention that I didn't know any of these milestones were going on because like a good employee, I was working during the game and I didn't know about the multi-pitch no hitter until the next day. Also during Felix's game. Uh, I didn't know uh, that was going on until the top of the ninth while doing inventory. And uh, during Iwakuma's game, I was wondering why everyone was going nuts after he struck out the last batter only to turn around and look at the scoreboard and see, see it say E1. No, no. Those have been the only milestones I've ever sort of witnessed. As for the best concert I ever went to, that's a tough one. Uh, two that stand out are the Foo Fighters doing an acoustic show at the Paramount in 2005 and sitting two seats down next to Ricker, uh, which I so badly wanted to yell Slayer, but didn't uh, because I didn't want to embarrass my friend. And I didn't want Ricker to think I was an a-hole. Uh, the other one is seeing Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in 1998. 
you can't deny seeing half of Blood Zeppelin. No, this wasn't necessarily the cop topic, but I wanted to share. Thanks, Stevie, the Packers fan. Oh, nice. <clears throat> I mean, those are pretty legit shows you went to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Foo Fighters at uh, Showbox Market is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Oh, I love Showbox Market. Honestly, I feel like the band doesn't need to be very good. For when someone invites me, if it's Market, I usually go. But if it's Soto, a bit more of a, a pull is needed. There. Uh, why did the bike fall over? Because it was too tired. Hey, boys, uh, how's everyone <laughs> at the greatest podcast in all the land? All the all land. The land. <laughs> a- MCTP topic response. The worst as seen on TV product I bought was the, the uh, Fushiji. I thought it was a magic fall that stuck to your hand. Nope. Just a glass ball I bought for 30 bucks. <laughs> 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 the best? Easy. The slap chop. Why? Because you're going to love my nuts. It was from the commercial. Uh, I'm not a creep. Um, cop topic response. I want either a McDouble that comes with fries on the burger. Uh, I do that every time I eat them, and they are fire. Uh, also, I want a banana dipped in that chocolate that hardens. I bet it would be the best. Take care, boys. Jaden. I'm at the tippy top. And I'm only halfway there. Yeah. <clears throat> Chocolate-covered banana is pretty strong. Yeah. Actually, I had a great drink Saturday night in Burien. Oh, man. I got to look up what it was. What's that place called? Folu. Uh, they have a drink called the Banana Gorilla. Yeah, it's like frozen. There's whipped cream involved. Like, I, w- I was in there like eight thirty, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. It was jumping off, man. It was fun. <laughs> also, I love that. It was funny too. I met a couple people that were, you know, a couple mentioned listeners, and they're like, "What are you doing here in Burien?" I'm like, uh, "My buddy Sean lives in Burien." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the story. That's hilarious. And trust me, if you get one of those banana gorillas, get one. You can have a beer or something afterwards, but you like they're they taste so good. But man, that that thing put me on my lips. Dude, that, it, it's totally unrelated. But since you mentioned Boston College earlier, when I was in school, there was this bar near campus, and they had this thing called the Budzilla. And uh, they always say that they're like only get one. And of course, like being a college kid, you want to get like three of them. But it's like a um, it's like a thing you would have when they bring it out. It's like a thing you would have at the end of like a football bench for like dispensing water. Except it's full yeah. of Budweiser. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a huge, like almost like an in-office water cooler full of Bud Light, like Bud Light. And it's called the Budzilla. I don't know why, but only order one. Like a beer tower. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With like a little tap on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sports talk. So the greatest podcast. In all the land. All the land. All the land. Fellas, I was just re-listening to the last few weeks' cast and had to just say that I have to agree with Ted about the Harlem Globetrotters being a staple as a kid. (laughs) I had gone a few times as a kid, young teen, and I see it along the same line as going to the circus. Uh, the uh, The Beast Quake game was dope. That was the first game I got to take my son to. Memories. Yep, I was at that too. It was awesome. Uh... 95 Mariners and the Edgar hit. I was in high school and we were doing a fundraiser for the senior class trip uh, during that series. So I got to be there for that moment too. Probably my most favorite of all because I was, am such a huge Mariners fan. 
Junior was my idol as a kid. Thanks for the nostalgia trip, boys. And as always, thank you for being so consistent and giving us what we need every week. Much appreciated. Chancey Wilkins. Oh, nice. Yeah, he tweets at me all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, even my cousin, like I've had a couple cousins, like, do you really like the Globetrotters? I'm like, highly recommend. Again, 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so remember when we were talking about like uh, uh, like attainable dream cars or something like that? Like yeah. humble dream car count? All right, this one's good. Hey, guys, I grew up uh, in a car enthusiast household, and my dream car is the humble first-generation forerunner. It's got a removable top and kicks ass. The only problem is they're either beat uh, or expensive. Yeah, yep. that makes sense because it's the first generation. So, like, that's a lot of upkeep on that thing. Yeah. Dude, those things are really cool. I love – one of my friends had one of those with the pop-off top in the back and, like, having the little, like – I don't know. Just having like the the mix of like a truck and an SUV, pretty cool. Plus, those things like can handle some crazy terrain. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's funny now is we're kind of just so used to SUVs, right? Like the minivan's kind of gone away. I feel like most <clears throat> most moms now have an SUV, but yeah, like I mean, when I was a teenager, like SUVs were like so cool. It's like, what is this? It's not really a truck, but it's not a car. It's not a Jeep. This is phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, and the Forerunner, I feel like, was just like a truck with four seats. You know what I mean? Like, they just, like, bolted in two extra seats and threw on a top, you know? Like, this is really what's just like a plastic top on, like, a metal base, man. Those things, yeah, they're hardcore. Gentlemen, congratulations to Cobb for his victory in the war zone. War zone! War zone! Thank you, Carson. You know, actually, Carson, um... At the house that I'm staying at um, with my girlfriend's parents, they have like a little guest book thing that they kind of have you like sign and write your favorite memories. And they were asking me to sign. And I was like, why? I'm only going to put one word with four exclamation points. And they're like, what's that? And I was at dinner tonight. I just go, war zone. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, now, to be lamely lawyerly and parental, uh, don't ever mount a camera on one ski helmet. Even wearing a helmet, uh, Michael Schumacher has been in a coma for years after hitting his head on a rock while skiing uh, because his helmet had a camera mount. Helmets are designed to distribute impact across their entire structure, but installing a camera mount focuses the force of the impact, significantly reducing protection. It's worse if the mount is screwed into place rather than using adhesives, but it still should be avoided, avoided regardless. If you want to film a run, go for a chest rig. Or live in the moment, just take a still picture like Cobb did. That is all. Carson, the lawyer. That's actually great advice. Man. Yeah, I didn't think it would affect the helmet. Yeah, that Schumacher stuff's tough. I mean, the best F1 racer of all time. That totally makes sense because it's essentially like, you know, like a spear hitting you instead of like a blunt force. Yeah, Carson, yeah. dude, damn, good call. I'm actually going to – I feel like I might have to become like a – an advocate of that when I see people because people put them like right on the top of their helmet. And I actually, you know, uh, unrelated, but I crashed today. Luckily it was into some soft powder. <laughs> How fast are you? Edge? <laughs> no, dude, I was b- bombing through these, like this crazy set of trees and we haven't had snow here in a month. So everything is really skied out, which just basically means there's huge moguls everywhere, big dips and stuff. And uh, I made this really tight turn around a tree, came around a corner hot, and my weight kind of just went over the top and just right into like a powder 
snowbank. Like it's the only powder left on the mountain. And I somehow I managed to hit it, but I went in like head first with both hands out and just totally like, uh, yeah, total yard sale. And then of course my girlfriend came skiing up right behind me, but I was laughing. It was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Tough bid though, boys. Honestly, tough bid. (laughs) That's it. Oh, is that it? All right. I guess I can't count it anymore. <laughs> I'm like trying to mark them off. Like, ah, I got lost in there. Uh, all right. Well, let's check in with what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Check out with what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? check out with what's batman all right uh yeah it's been a been a cool week this weekend was fun uh was that saturday or sunday we did all that stuff sunday was an action-packed day we uh went and did a hike um there was actually a creek and a waterfall throughout the whole thing um which is you just don't see a lot of natural water out here so that was pretty cool (laughs) um and it's all just like golf course fountains. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so it's nice to see a real waterfall. Um, and but it's it's cool. It's like a little like two mile loop or something. You know, really really easy hike. Um, and <clears throat> it's five minutes from downtown. I mean, we were brunching ten minutes after our hike. Ted, you would have loved it. And like. <clears throat> It, it, a brunch spot and we were on the strip where we had to choose where we wanted to brunch because there was like a, a bounty of uh brunch options so we chose we chose where we wanted the brunch 10 minutes after finishing a hike like phenomenal experience first of all okay yeah, and there's no nfl on sundays we're getting into brunch season yeah it was a half hour after we hiked I forgot we stopped at the 420 bank when we got there. So, you so, get hungry. Yeah. So we, we were at the 420 bank 10 minutes after our hike. <laughs> we were at brunch 20 minutes later. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So, so it was fantastic. I got uh, eggs Benedict with uh, it was bangers and rings. So it was a uh, cheddar something cheddar some sort of sausage with cheddar in it which i mean and onion rings on top on the benny on the benny that's gotta be good and then hollandaise uh, on a poached egg it was the best benny i've ever had i mean i didn't know you could get that wild with bennies they had another one with short ribs on them and i was just like oh yeah so i might have to go back and try that one but the the bangers and rings one was fantastic yeah i think i had a short rib one somewhere kind of fancy maybe jewel okay and you guys are out there living in 2030 i've never heard of any of this (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'll always go crabs benedict number one (laughs) um i heard they do them with crab cakes you can do them a lot of ways there's one famous bar in dewey beach called the starboard they're kind of famous for their eggs Benedict the next morning, but you get the one and one. So you get like, I would always get eggs Del Marva, which was just like lump blue crab meat, the egg and the ho- hollandaise, and then like jerk chicken on the other one. Wow. Yeah. That's 
Yeah, that's next level. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Eggs Benedict. So, uh, yeah, it was an awesome little Sunday. And then uh, my both my parents and my grandpa are here. So Tyler and I came and just got a hotel room down the street um, at this place called the Indian Wells Hotel and Resort that was started by Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Arnaz, yeah, that was was her actual husband, yeah. Yeah, and so this place is like, it's a total throwback, but it's like, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's swanky, but like dated, but not, not in like an old, weird, like decrepit way. It's just like, it's nice, it's fun, it's surprisingly affordable, because there's a lot of other newer places right here, Um, but it's been fantastic. There's all these pictures of all the old time entertainers and like all the people playing golf around here. And just like, there's so much history in this, in this place, like maybe even tonight after the cast, but certainly soon I'm just going to get really baked and go walk around and look at all the pictures and read all the little captions about the stuff, but nice, nice little staycation mode going on right now. So uh, yeah, having a nice week. All right, good. That explains the chair you're in. The chair I'm in, the spotty <laughs> Wi-Fi at the start when I had to switch over to my cell phone's hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, all coming together. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. All right. Ted mentioned Nelly earlier. And, uh, Weirdly, like a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about a chain letter. Do you guys remember those things? Where oh, like yeah. somebody would send you something well, you didn't and you're like, oh, if you don't other send people. To, to, yeah. Yeah. You'd That's have awful luck died. or awful sex or whatever. Yeah. I remember one time one of those like really stressed me out and I was like working hard on like trying to send it. Um, but uh, yeah, those were huge for a minute. So um, top topic this week is sort of along those lines, uh, which is... Um, what is something from like the early 2000s that no longer exists? Feel free to email us literally the word email, E-M-A-I-L at the podcast with two E's.com. Um, yeah. What is something from the early 2000s that no longer exists? And jumping in before you guys, AOL Instant Messenger. It probably still is out there, but I love okay. it. Okay. AOL Instant Messenger was one I was thinking of. The first thing that popped into my head was poking people on Facebook. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> wow, dude, the original internet flirting. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, the other low hanging fruit, uh, you said early 2000s, right? Yep. Not late 90s. So, yeah, not just MySpace, MySpace bands. Like, I discovered some awesome bands in the MySpace days where it was this wild thing where you could discover up and coming bands from other parts of the country from a new way, other than like going to the shows in your hometown and knowing the local people um, coming up in the scene. And, um, you know, Avenge Sevenfold is really big that day. Ted, I know, you know, you knew that Endeavor after guys or hung out with them a couple of times when they came through town and like, yeah, man, airborne got huge in that era. And there was just like, yeah, there was a real, like, real cool hub of bands that, like, 
grew to prominent bring me the horizon came from the myspace age i didn't really listen to him back then but like yeah it's uh yeah there it was just a fun time to be trying to discover new music with myspace in the early 2000s i also kind of respect on myspace that like you set your top eight like you let your friends know exactly where they stood with yeah you. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's a good point right i mean that was yeah that was that was fun i mean <laughs> no ambiguity like so it is what it is here we are <laughs> right like damn man he put me in the top eight like nah dude so you ain't top eight yeah i yeah, put all bands. number 13 i put all bands but only because i wasn't in eight other people's top eights and i wasn't gonna put someone in mine that what that I wasn't in theirs. That was not the game I was ready to play. Yeah, that's I, fair. I never had MySpace. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it's just like Facebook is now. That's why I always laugh when Facebook became public. Or like, you got to get Facebook. Like, what's the difference between that and MySpace? It's like Facebook's more professional. Or somebody being like, it's just nice. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, have you been on Facebook lately? It's the same thing. You have like what nine people on your friends list? I could see like. It's the same crap. You just don't have like music in your banners playing when I get on there. But yeah, it's all it's all the same stuff. But, yeah, top eight, man. You could you could lift a brother up, or you could put him down. We <laughs> 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 were setting a tone. <laughs> sending a message. Uh, all right. Uh, I double booked, so we'll be off next week. Uh, we'll be back the week after that. I would tell everybody. Did you double booked us? I did, man. Because I seven long years, <laughs> too many yeah. times. When did Tuesdays at seven thirty become on time? Wow, <laughs> wow! I just, on behalf of everyone listening, wow, wow, Tim Smith, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I, I know what a sellout. Uh, uh, other than that, uh, for this weekend, uh, go Bengals. I hate, I hate Stan Kroenke, the hell with the Rams. Go Bengals. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, man. Have some, have some chips, dip. Like, get it all in, man. Enjoy it. All right. For uh, MCTP, for Cobb and the Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>